Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Cardinals are seven-point underdogs to begin the regular season on Sunday at Washington. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We are now joined in the Sports Zone by Howard Balzer of PHNX.com. Howard, let's start with uh, Colt McCoy not here anymore. Were you surprised they moved on from McCoy? I was surprised, and D.J. Humphreys, the starting left tackle, acknowledged that he was surprised when he was asked about it earlier uh, this week. So I would think there was probably a lot, a lot of raised eyebrows in the locker room uh, when that happened, and of course they, and, and of course that did happen four days after the Cardinals acquired Joshua Dobbs in that trade uh, with the Browns, and so obviously those two things were connected. But, you know, it truly, truly leaves, leaves a void, and that's not to argue that Colt McCoy is the greatest quarterback to come down the pike or anything like that. But the thing that I've brought up, and very few that I've seen have said, maybe you have, I hope you have, is that <laughs> if the Cardinals had any concerns about Colt McCoy back in March, or even if they didn't know what was going to happen, we were all were clamoring for a vet, an experienced backup quarterback to come to the team in the event that McCoy, even if he wasn't, let's say he was playing okay, but then got hurt, which has happened in the mm-hmm. past when he started uh, for the Cardinals. And so you'd have an experienced guy to enter the game uh, af- after he-, he wasn't able to. But they elected not to you know, sign Joshua Dobbs then, and he would have had the benefit. And he's gr- granted, he's not a tremendously experienced quarterback, but he has been in the league for a number of years. If they liked him as much as they say they like him now, then you wonder why they didn't bring him in then and have him t- totally prepared for this opportunity that uh, it looks like he's going to get on Sunday. And so I, I think having veteran, true veteran leadership in the, lo- in, the, in the room from a quarterback is important. We've heard multiple guys talk about how, how much Colt McCoy, Kyler Murray's talked about it, how much he's meant to him just in – you know, helping him uh, with the position. And by the way, Bobby, two weeks before McCoy was traded, Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator, talked openly about how much help Colt McCoy had been to him during the offseason mm-hmm. and that he was leaning on McCoy with some of the things as they've implemented this new offense. So we'll see how much that void is missed. We'll start seeing it Sunday, probably when Dobbs is, is the starter. Um, but there, there, to me, there's no question that you know, may, perhaps they'll get better play at that position, but that's, that's an unknown. At least the one thing you knew with Colt McCoy is that he was consistent, he was solid, everyone knew what he was capable of doing, and he knew this team. And you can't say that right now about the guy that looks like he's going to start against the Commanders on Sunday. So what do the Cardinals not see from McCoy either in training camp or the limited uh, preseason snaps that he got? That's, that's a great question, and I know there were some who said, well, he didn't have a couple good days in Minnesota when the team practiced up there before the game against uh, the Vikings, but on the first day of practice, no one uh, had a good day. And, and, but, you know, during camp, you know, here's the thing about it. He was on a throwing plan the entire offseason. There were days in, in OTAs and training camp where they ran the offense, but he didn't even throw the ball because they were trying to protect his elbow and have him healthy for the start of the season. 
And then the other part of it overall was the way camp was structured is that there would be a, you know, a pretty um, up-tempo day, and then they would have, it would be more less-tempo the next day. So he wasn't asked to do a whole lot. But what he did, I thought, was, again, pretty solid. I'm not going to sit here and say he's the best quarterback in the world, but he, w- he was throwing the ball well when that was part of the plan uh, during camp. Now, I didn't see the practices in Minnesota, but it's hard for me to imagine that all of a sudden two days of practice and they suddenly pivot and say Colt McCoy's not the guy and we've got to bring in Josh McCoy, I mean Joshua Dobbs because that happened on the same day. On that after the last practice on that Thursday is you know you know not that long after that is when that trade uh, was made. So it almost smacked of a little panic move at that point. So Dobbs, do you think you know we've seen not much of him? I saw him at Tennessee, et cetera, in college and so forth. At some point of his career, do you think it can be at least a decent NFL starting quarterback? Or we, we maybe we haven't seen enough to even judge him, you know, to guess whether he might be decent at some point. No, that, that that's a great question because he hasn't had the opportunity uh, to do that. He, he entered the league in 2017 with the Steelers, of course, when. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was still the quarterback, and he obviously wasn't going to be the starter there unless there was a debilitating injury. But at times when there was, when Roethlisberger didn't play, Mason Rudolph uh, was the guy. So this is a player who only started, you know, two games in his in his career since 2017, and that was at the end of last season with Tennessee. Which coincidentally, he he did that when he started there. He hadn't been with the team uh, very long either, and they were playing for a playoff spot. So. It's it's really impossible to say. You never know when a player gets the opportunity, how he's able to run with it, and given some time to be to become comfortable and get in rhythm and see what happens. So, he he he. he everyone talks about the skills and all the different things he can do. Perhaps he could be, but I don't know how anybody could certainly say right now either way that he can't or he will. And but you know the Cardinals certainly appear like they're going to find out in in these opening weeks of the season until. Kyler Murray is ready to play. It wouldn't surprise me, though, Bobby, if there are some points that Clayton Toon uh, doesn't come into games. I'm not sure he'd start unless something happens, unless unless Dobbs is really bad or he gets injured, obviously. But I think we could see some opportunities there where, depending on game situations, where Toon comes in and he's able to get some reps and get some game experience. So we'll, we'll see how that uh, plays out. But like I said, it's it's sure. Even even though we haven't been told that publicly, I mean, Jonathan Gannon has admitted that everyone in the building knows who the starter is going to be. He just wants the Commanders to be quaking in their boots at night and and <laughs> you know and having having problems preparing for this game because they don't know if it's going to be Dobbs or Tune. I mean, I think that's a bit of a stretch, but that's why they're playing it uh, the way they are. Yeah, I'm sure that Washington, which was a top 10 defense last year, is just you know, concerned who the Cardinals starting quarterback is going to be this week. Okay, on to Toon. Right. Uh, you saw a lot of him. Uh, you had the most snaps in the preseason. You know, you've seen him you know, get a lot of throws, and you mentioned the McCoy thing. Uh, he had some days off during training camp. So what do we think of Toon? Well, I think he's shown some, he's shown some you know, things you like to see in a quarterback, that even keel personality, uh, the ability to improve, you know, to learn from mistakes. You know, we also saw him in the games he played in the preseason sail a lot of a lot of throws, especially to the perimeter. And that's something that he obviously 
you know, you can't do that consistently in regular season games. But he does look like a guy who could potentially develop, you know, in, into into a you know certainly into a good backup, and who knows, potentially you know a starter. But you know, once again, we don't know that. I mean, there's so much overreaction, Bobby, to what happens in the preseason in terms of both teams are vanilla in their offensive and defensive approach. So many of the guys on the field for most of the time aren't even on the team come the opening of the regular season. In fact, I, I looked at the, there was 15 Vikings players in that game that Saturday when, uh, when Toon started and 15 defensive players that played a lot of snaps in that game, including obviously the 11 start, the 11 starters and only four of them made the Vikings 53 man roster. So that kind of cool. tells you, the type of guys who are out there. In fact, they had one player, a guy named Jake Gervais, who was with the Rams last season and wasn't tendered an offer in, the, in March as an exclusive rights-free agent, hadn't been with any team between March and August 24th. He was signed by the Vikings the same day that the Cardinals acquired Clayton Toon because they needed somebody to play, needed some, some bodies on defense. He played all 76 defensive snaps in the game against the Cardinals, and then he was cut on Monday So and not brought back to the practice squad. So those are the – I'm not saying all the guys were like that on the Vikings defense, but that's one who, who played an awful lot. So you just can't judge on the preseason. You can look at a player and how he's handling himself and all those things, but you still never know, never know what's going to happen when they're in there with the lights on. A whole new definition of camp body there. For Mr. for him. Totally. All right, Howard Balzer, <laughs> currently currently in the sports zone. All right, Kyler Murray, his rehab has been, uh, I guess, secretive is a good word. Uh, any idea when he might be playing in a game? I, well, we have an idea. I don't know if it's been secretive as much as it is expected. I mean, this was an ACL. Right. Uh, yeah. you know, Zach, Zach Ertz was activated from the physically unable to perform list right at the nine-month mark from his surgery and nine months for, uh, for, for Murray is the beginning of October. And so I don't, there's, I don't think there's any surprise by what it is. I think a lot of people just think, well, you know, you're making progress day by day by day. And at some point you're ready. Well, a lot of times you take a step forward, then you take two steps back. And Ertz has, Ertz talked about that. That's the reality of ACL uh, recovery. So the one thing we know is he can't begin practicing until after the fourth game of the season. And that leads me to a point about not having McCoy around because here's a huge question, which is almost impossible to answer at this right now. How do the Cardinals get practice snaps for him when there's only three days of practice in a prep week? Half of it is with your defense going against, you know, uh, the Cardinals number one, you know, you know, uh, you know, I'm sorry, the, is, is for your number one defense going against the scout team on offense. So there's a limited number of snaps in practice in those three days. And how do they get Kyler Murray snaps when they have inexperienced, an inexperienced guy starting who you have to get as many snaps as possible in the game plan? And so that's going to be an interesting challenge for them. I, I would think it could be anywhere from week six to eight or who knows, even nine. But so much obviously depends on when he is brought off that list. When that happens, you do have 21 days that he can practice before counting on the roster. But I go back to that question. How do you get him those practice snaps when you're preparing a team for play to play in a game that week?
You mentioned DJ Humphreys, you know, talking about uh, you know what's going on inside the locker room type of thing. You got Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson and Humphreys, the established veteran players. What might their mentality be heading into this season? Yeah, that, that's you know, right now I think their mentality is as positive as they think it can be. But of course, they haven't been punched in the face yet, and and that's what happens. You know, not literally, but in games when you're playing four quarters against the number one unit on the other team. I mean, if we added up that number one unit for the Cardinals didn't get many snaps in preseason games against the number one from the other team. And then of course, everything was vanilla. Anyway, the regular season is another world. So, so right now I think they're buying into the approach that Jonathan Gannon is taking. But the, again, the question becomes what happens if they start losing games? And if they start losing games that aren't very pretty, you know, that's where, you know, if you're out there competitive and you're moving the football on offense and and you're hanging in with teams and okay, you lose some close games, you can at least make the argument that, Hey, we're, you know, we're competing, we're in it. But if that doesn't happen, then how does the mentality change? I think there could be games, Bobby, where, you know, the Cardinals are hanging with a team at halftime and then the other team inflicts its will because they're just better in the second half and they pull away. Of course, if that happens, every you know everyone on the outside will be screaming that the Cardinals didn't make halftime adjustments, which of course I believe are the, one of the two or the most overrated words in NFL language are halftime adjustments. But that that could essentially happen. So I think if there's improvement, I think if there's progress, then you know th- those guys will continue their buy-in. And I'm not saying they won't buy in if things get rough, but it, beco- it, it becomes really difficult. And 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 it really surrounds Buda Baker. Because we had all the offseason chatter about him, I, I my sense is a certain amount of it was tied on his part was tied to, hey, do I do, do I want to be here through this rebuild where it might be you know pretty rough for a couple of years and his contract expires after next season, even if the Cardinals want to extend him, is he looking at it and saying, well, I don't know if this is the best place for me as I head towards that magic thirty years old. Uh, a barrier so so that 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 but that's a question for probably next you know for the next off season but i think that is a big question about this team of how how that will go but like i said if they start losing games and all of a sudden the reality of what everyone thinks on the outside comes true yeah baker and thompson uh, they were playing safety with isaiah simmons less than a month ago what happened between the current, uh, current front office slash coaching staff and Simmons that led him out here rather quickly, at least uh, before the season even starts? I think they realized that it wasn't the right fit. I mean, I, looking at that game against Minnesota, and again, it's against backups and all those things, but, you know, they can, or maybe the, sec, the second game, and they, because uh, he was gone by then, they continually had him like you said is the third safety and you know playing receivers one-on-one and guys that are quicker and maybe not more athletic but had different body types and were quicker and he just couldn't hold up to that and and so they were having him essentially as the as the nickelback when that's normally played by a corner that has a bit of experience in it and and has more of a you know football body to play with some of the, I mean, I remember one of the, one of the uh, big plays against the chiefs was when the rookie Rashi Rice 
just came in, cut, and cut outside, and Simmons just couldn't keep up with him. And so I, I think they realized they're, they're, they didn't have a fit for him in that defense and figured, why keep him around? Obviously, they didn't get much, but you know they, they, they saved some money, and some of it will go into the cap probably uh, next year, and they, he wasn't going to be signed in the offseason anyway. I wondered why the move wasn't made to put him on the edge at outside linebackers. Just, hey, rush the passer. They're trying that mm-hmm. with Zayvon Collins. We'll see how that works out. But like I said, I think they just, they just felt there, there wasn't a fit for him in this defense and just felt that they, they, they needed to move on. Sergeant Cardinals with Howard Balzer. Uh, last up, Monty Austinfort. Uh, it's been roughly seven months since he became the, the Cardinals' uh, top front office head honcho dude. What are your uh, still, I understand, early impressions on Austinfort, how he's tried to rework the roster? Well, it's a work in progress. And when you look at how the offseason was handled with 21 players that were either re-signed that had been here last year or new players, and no one signed more than a one- or a two-year contract, and they gave out very, very minimal guaranteed money and signing bonuses. And so the plan was to bring in a whole bunch of guys that are going to be hungry to earn that next contract. And of those 21, I think over only six or seven signed two-year deals. So, you know, bring in guys that are going to compete for jobs, going to be playing for that next contract, hopefully improve the depth and help this team improve on an incremental basis. It ob- there obviously was they weren't going to go out there and spend money that they felt was throwing it away during the off season, and that that's been the goal. I think one thing that you know should be noted is you know if they like Josh Dobbs enough, they should have made the move to you know as I said to mm-hmm. you know to sign him in March. But I think overall his his moves make sense in terms of what the overall plan is. Obviously, they've stockpiled draft picks uh, for next year. And here's, you know, here's one aspect of it that can't be lost on anyone is that except for the last year's draft and this year's draft, the players that are on the roster who all had you know, four-year contracts, there's only three players on this roster right now that are under contract in 2025. That's only two seasons away. And the, mm-hmm. those three guys are Kyler Murray, DJ Humphreys, and Jalen Thompson. And so – that, you would think that'll change in the next offseason, but 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 who knows? But that's that's everything they've done this this year, this offseason has been done with as much or more of an eye on next year and the year after and the year after than it was for this year. One last last question. I promise this is really the last one. Jonathan Gannon, what stood no out? about either his approach to training camp, dealing with the media, anything uh, caught your attention uh, with Gannon? Well, he has a favorite word. We all were wondering how he would treat injury information because with Cliff Kingsbury, every player was day-to-day. Unless it was clear it was a a serious injury and he had to give out some information. But other than that, every player was day-to-day. With Jonathan Gannon, every player has a nick. (laughs) You know, I mean (laughs) – what uh, my Jai Sanders? Well, we knew it was a hand only because we saw him with a cast on it uh, early in camp. With uh, Dennis Daly, a uh, backup offensive lineman who got hurt in the game, was that? I'm think, I'm pretty sure. I think Minnesota. that was against Minnesota. Yeah, it, right. Yeah, it was against yeah. the Vikings. That was a nick. Well, now he's on injured reserve and can't play for at least the four the first four games 
of the season. So it seems that it was more than a nick. But, you know, that's, that, that's one thing. He, he seems to have started giving shorter answers now as the, as, as the season approaches. And so, you know, this is a maiden voyage. I mean, we talked a lot, Bobby. Everyone has talked a lot about how, how young this team is. And, by the way, they have 44 of the 53 players right now are in, on the roster are in their first, second, or third year in the NFL. That's, that's a pretty young roster, obviously. 28 guys that weren't with the team last year. Last year at the start of the season, there were 14 that were new players. So we talked a lot about the players. The coaching staff is green as grass also. I mean, we have two coordinators making their debuts this week as the guys call, you know, calling the defense, calling the plays on offense. We have a lot of assistant coaches that are in their first year in the NFL. You know, how, will, how will that go? How will they react? How will they deal with the adversity that hits in any NFL season, even for some good teams, but perhaps especially this one? So I, th- I think that Gannon, is try- he looks like he's established a culture and an attitude with the team that they seem to have bought into. But when, you know what, Bobby, as I said earlier, when you have a whole bunch of guys playing for contracts and, a whole- and playing for jobs, then that's not that hard to do when you have a first-year coach. The question is how it plays out over time and what happens, like I said earlier, when uh, they start losing games, if indeed uh, that happens. And how will he deal with that and how will everyone else uh, deal with it? That's where you really learn about people is in times of adversity, and those haven't come yet. Thanks, Howard. Always appreciate it. My pleasure, Bobby. Take care. Howard Balzer of phnx.com. In the next segment, it'll be phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also today's local roundup, that will include some of the Diamondbacks' disappointing performance last night, or lack thereof, against the Colorado Rockies, and around the uh, National League wildcard race. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kislux HD 2 100.7.